Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you break free from your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to join my courageous community. You can do that by becoming a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. You'll discover how to position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are and ultimately to profit from your expertise while you build a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. My husband Lou and I love watching Shark Tank. That's the show where entrepreneurs come in and pitch their business and their idea to a panel of mega successful entrepreneurs in the hopes of landing an investment deal with them. When Lori Grainer, one of the female sharks, looks at investing in a product on the show, she often talks about it in terms of whether or not she sees it working on QVC, which is one of the home shopping channels here in the United States. Well, today's guest got her product on QVC with no help from any of the sharks. She did it herself. As a matter of fact, she never went on the Shark Tank. She did it herself, and she's here to share exactly how she did it. Bernadette Georgie is a leader in fitness and has been a trusted voice in women's health, beauty, and wellness for more than 25 years. She's on a mission to redefine what it means to be fit, healthy, and beautiful. In addition to holding several advanced Pilates and fitness certifications, Bernadette has been featured nationally in Pilates Style Magazine, Pilates Digest, and on About.com. She's made regular appearances on the affiliates of ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, and Fox News. She's been a featured expert on Be Well Philly, as well as the national lifestyle shows The List and Better TV. Bernadette owns Just Be Moved Fitness Studio in South Jersey. She's the inventor of the Be Bounder, a unique fitness product that sold out in her appearances on QVC. So listen in as Bernadette shares how she got the idea for the Be Bounder, the steps she had to take to test it and get it built, actions she took to protect her product, exactly what it took to get the product on QVC, tips for you if you have a product idea, and some things that she'd do differently now. If you're a Shark Tank fan, this episode will give you a real understanding for why the Sharks make some of their recommendations. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. Eric Bernadette, I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm thrilled. So let's, we're just going to dive right in. First Great. of all, can you give us a little bit of a background on how you got started? Were you always working in fitness? Pretty much uh, in, on some capacity, I was in fitness my whole life. Um, 
I was, uh, you know, I was in ballet school when I was little, and then I wanted to be a dancer. And I actually took that professional route for quite a long time, but then needed to make money. So I started teaching aerobics. And so it kind of morphed from that, you know, and as fitness became more sophisticated, I had to get more education and more certifications. Back in the day when I started, there was people, somebody just mentored you and they taught you and you you made your mistakes out on the floor, <laughs> which okay. to some extent you still do. But, um, you know, I had to go on that path of educating myself, take, you know, anatomy, that kind of thing. It was never really my goal to be in fitness as much as I just loved teaching and loved the, um, the idea that I have to sit at a desk. <laughs> I'm finding yes. that that's not true, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit then about how you went from teaching fitness to creating this product. Did you always have something in your mind about creating a product? Were you? Not, you not specifically the B-Bounder, but I've, I have a really creative, active mind, and I'm always one of those people that um, I'll buy something, but it's going to be used for something else. Like I'm always okay. repurposing things, or um, I, I go back to my dad was an illustrator, so my mom would say to my dad, hey, Sal, can I, I need a closet over there. So he'd come home with all these sketches of how, what the closet's going to look like, and I think I was raised in an environment where my dad was always coming up with solutions. And I, I have followed him around. And I, I really look back and I think, wow, like he always sketched out. And so then I started sewing. And I feel like that, that was a big part of the putting the B-bounder together. So I understood sort of construction from making patterns. Okay. So it's funny how things that you learn when you're little, you can kind of grab from, you know, later on in life. You don't really know what you're going to use. You just have this bag of tricks. Yeah. So. That's, that's interesting that you say that. I, I agree that somehow you're, you're picking up all of this input from the environment you grow up in and you work in and then somehow magically they just all seem to come together one yeah, day there's and no bad experience I, I tell everybody yeah. just say yes and that's how I every single career I've ever had I've had many yeah I just said yes and I went down a path and then it took another path and um so I, I yeah I think that, that the b-bounder was probably somewhere in my head when I started jumping on a trampoline I'm sure because the idea was that I wanted to do bigger moves than what the personal trampolines allow for because I, I got bored really quickly. Okay. But um, pretty much that's how my mind works. If you saw my house and the different things that, in fact, I heard now that Ikea, there's a group of people that repurpose, you know, because everything's in pieces anyway. Right. So that's kind of how my mind works. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're alluding to. I think I saw some videos on <laughs> YouTube about these, these people who repurpose this Ikea stuff. And yeah, their ideas are like, wow, way right. better than, than what started out with. Exactly. So when you first started to think about this and, and, you know, I love the whole look and vibe of it because like you, that little tiny mini trampoline just makes me nervous it just makes it me makes feel a lot like, of people nervous yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that so, was that was the first birth child actually the first idea so um I was actually uh, like feeling down about myself physically I I to tell you a little bit about myself when I wanted to be a dancer I'm not built like a ballet dancer I'm athletic I'm thin but they want a sinewy long lean type of body type and so I went down this really bad path of starving myself and all these things. So I think what happened as I got older and got towards menopause, my metabolism was a wreck. So women go through a lot of things anyway during menopause, and mine was extreme, I think, because of what I was doing, abusing my body up till that point. And um, 
my daughter was a, going on a professional track to be a dancer. And I said, let's buy some rebounders. You know, it'll help me get, get back into cardio. And, and I know jumping is really good for your metabolism. It's really good for your endorphins. And she was, she was actually working on jumps at the time. And there was like an infomercial two for one. And when we got on it, put it together, we immediately started to do what came naturally to us. And my foot went through the springs and it's no fault. It wasn't meant to be, it wasn't designed for that. It was meant for jumping up and down and doing a couple other things, but pretty much jogging with, I guess, a little bit of that impact absorption. And um, I was like, oh, this, this, we couldn't wait for these things to come in and we can't use it the way we wanted to. So again, here I am repurposing and it bothered me all day. Like, wow, like why didn't anybody make it bigger? You know, and then it just led me down this path of I drew what I wanted it to look like and an, an, an oval wouldn't be the right shape and should it be a square? No, the square, you need, if you want to do big motions going out, then maybe it'd be a rectangle. So, it, but it was, it was getting on that rebounder and it was a great product. It just, right. I couldn't use it the Limit. way I wanted to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Just very limiting. That's, right. yeah. And that's, that's what it always looked like to me. So when you started to get this idea for it, were you thinking about it just in terms of your personal use, maybe with your studio or your own clients, or I, I didn't you automatically have, a, have the big big vision? Actually, I did. I once I started drawing, I started to become obsessed with the thought of it. Okay. And because I had already been a spokesperson at QVC, I, my mind went there immediately. And and I do that in business a lot. I start with the goal and work backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not always the best thing, but if you can kind of see it it yeah. kind of then makes it more exciting to get there than because if, if I knew the steps I had to take, I don't know if I would have done them. <laughs> so I'm glad I had the big picture in front of me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I immediately knew, okay, um, the springs are starting to bother my knees, even just from jumping up and down. What would I do? Well, I need to find something else. So I started thinking of all these ideas and then I was thinking, well, the springs are also really heavy. So for shipping, so immediately, like, it was like a combined thing of what I wanted right. and what would be useful in the marketplace. Right. Okay. That's fantastic. So then I know that we could probably go on for days talking about how you actually then produced something to test even, I'm going to guess, is what you had to do, right? So yeah. can you kind of just give us maybe the, the, the Reader's Digest version of the how yeah. you actually got a product to even begin to test? I, it, it, a lot of it was luck. <laughs> I, I, I like, a lot, when I talk to other entrepreneurs that even developed like existing products, like this, like the patent is a design patent, right? Because I didn't invent the trampoline. It goes under the right. trampoline. Um, like a category. repurposing thing? Um, so when you talk to other entrepreneurs, you know, they have investors and they have an engineer and this and that. And I just had my, my drawings. I knew I had to have a CAD drawing. So once my dad and I had the pretty picture, then I had to have somebody draw it for industry. Um, when the first, um, when the first prototype came, it was in a weird box and I couldn't figure out why. Well, here, the English Chinese translation, they didn't know that I need, I said I wanted the legs to be removed. So it was in this weird triangle wrapping and it didn't fold all the way because the legs were sticking, you know, they didn't fold. So, but it was a really good first, I still have it. It was a really good first try. And um, I was like, oh, wow, I'm onto something. So that was really encouraging. It wasn't like, oh, this isn't what I had in my head. Um, And because the factory 
um, makes trampolines, they knew how to at least fashion it, you know, the way the steel should be, be and that kind of thing, the legs and that. So that did cut out some of people I had to hire, like an engineer, that kind of thing. Um, I'm still perfecting it. So this is, that was six years ago. Um, to, it was six years ago to the launch. Um, there's still things that, uh, now that it's in use, that I know I want to change. It really wouldn't change the patent. It's more about um, materials and how it be functioning in a, as a commercial setting. But, but to get a prototype from China is just on the boat for 30 days. So they're working on it for a month. Then it's on a boat for 30 days. Then it's got a clear custom. So it usually would take 45 days. And then, oh, by the way, I have to raise the money again to pay for another to prototype. So I spent, just on prototypes, I must have spent $15,000. Wow. Yeah. So, um, the, and the shipping is the big, the big cost. And it's funny because now I'm becoming very aware of things that I, I wasn't aware of before. Like, and, and I don't want to get political, but this thing with China right now, I'm like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> it's already high. <laughs> That's 30% of my cost. Like, and I'm not even a numbers person. I, my mind goes right to the creative things and the aesthetics and how it's going to look and how the right. And I was like, and I was like, wow, I mustn't be a real business person now. I'm worried about you know my thirty percent cost going up to and politics, whatever. right? Yeah, yeah. That's and and, really and, it's, and it, to me, I don't even want it to. That shouldn't be a political issue. Like it's money, so it shouldn't be a political right. issue. Right. But and that's why I don't want it to be political. But but my awareness all of a sudden has changed from the aesthetic and the usage to yeah. Oh my God, steel is already so expensive now, you know. Right. And and just in saying that, I did try to make it here. I, I do I think, that. Yeah. yeah, I really wanted to do it here for, for many reasons. One, just to be able to say it was made here is awesome. Two, there's some, some steel factories right here in South Jersey that I didn't even know existed. That would be awesome. Like, you know, it's from New Jersey, right? Um, and also um, the logistics of it, if it's down the street and I can like work with the engineer yeah. or whoever, yeah. that would be a very cool process, especially since it was in my head and then I could see it being made right. and then give them immediate feedback would be amazing. Right. Um, but I also had to learn how the Chinese government works and why they're, why we're not competitive is that the government subsidizes every single thing they do, which, which really? that's a nice word of saying the government owns everything. Right. So it's a, so it's a trade off. The yeah. government is your partner. Right. So um, if I said to my factory, listen, I, I need it to be this price, I'm sure there's some sort of something that the, I don't know if they go with the government directly or that part I haven't gotten yet, but they managed to meet it because they must go back to someone that funding the business and say, figure it out. right, figure this out. It needs to be at wow. this price. That is really fascinating. Yeah. So when, so when we're, we hear things like um, bring it back to America, it's a much, much bigger vision than we understand. Right. And I don't want the government to be in my business like that. Right. I think as entrepreneurs, like we want to be able to figure it out. But the flip side of it is we can't be as competitive. Yeah. So I'm learning like these things that just um, amaze me and stress me out at the same time. Because <laughs> yeah, really little old me in South Jersey can't do anything about it, you know. But it, right. it definitely changes your awareness in your whole world, yeah. you know. That would make me insane. I'm such yeah. a control freak that uh, that would really send me over the edge. And, and you I, can imagine, I look at my, around my house and I think of all the things you pick up in the course of a day that says made in China. And I know what 
I have to go through to get my product here, the, the traveling on the ship, does your stuff get left on the dock? Did somebody pay off somebody to get my stuff off the ship? The ship only leaves on Wednesdays. Oh, wait, it's got to stop in Korea. They might take your stuff. My, my second order, my stuff was taken off the boat and it was in Korea. It was stopped in Korea first. And somebody, I guess, had was paying somebody at the docks. And I was like, wow, like, how does all this stuff get here? <laughs> so just, so it's really quite amazing, the process, the whole shipping, you know, exporting, importing goods is, right. it's a very stressful, I recommend not to do it. <laughs> Find somebody else to do that part of your business. I, I would never tell somebody not to follow their dream, but the right. exporting of, and the manufacturing part right. is really difficult because it's such a huge learning curve. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. And I'm so glad that you explained it because I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. I watch Shark Tank a lot. and I met a shark yesterday. And, and did you? Which one? Yeah, Barbara. Oh, yay, how exciting. She is one tough cookie, but man, I just... I just gravitated to her because she has this like energy about her okay. I was in the green room and I, I didn't, she had no makeup on. She came in and like a sweater and then she put on this beautiful dress and I heard her voice. That's what made me recognize it. Yeah. She had sunglasses on and she has this presence. It's like, man, she is a boss. She is. Yeah. So I got to talk to her for a couple of minutes and she's, they're amazing, but now you. But now you can get like a window. I get a window into like how their minds are working, right? Like to right. tally all. That yeah, out. that's what. That's exactly where I was going. So yeah. when when somebody comes in and they say, "No, I'm really committed to making it here," and then when you know, also with uh, Kevin o O'Leary uh, uh, talking about just license it, let somebody else build it. That somebody said really that to me six years ago. Somebody said that to me six years ago. And I'm actually now considering it. Yeah. Um, so, so what happens is um, with manufacturing, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So yeah. I had two family, two people that have family businesses in steel come and look at the bead bounder. They loved it. This is a great idea. They knew just how to, and they would actually wanted to help me improve it. They were so excited. Both guys that came to see me, they couldn't get the cost to make it under $400. And a QVC is selling it for one ninety nine. Right. So um, we're going to be doing business with China forever. He said to me. He said, and he explained to me why, like the the beautiful curves that it has. Yeah. Ching ching, the way the legs go on, little buttons, and so and he kept adding and adding and adding. It wasn't just the steel part; it was the wow. what how everything's fashioned. So yeah, so it's really, really fascinating that we, we need to preserve that relationship because I feel like our resources can be then used in other ways. Like we can have an entrepreneurial spirit, have it made there. Nobody wants to work in factories here. That's just the bottom line. Nobody wants to work in factories. That's why there are no factories here. So we have to find, we have to use our, our brain more then and, and be more creative and do other things. Not that the factory workers, I'm not saying that they're, but I'm saying like everybody has their their gift in life and Americans don't want to work in factories. Okay. Then we need to get creative and do something else then. Yeah. And, um, I don't, cause I, I that means everybody would have to be buying the B bounder for a thousand dollars. Happy, but it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the discussion that happens around the Olympics with the athletes and how, and I think back to this dates me, I know painfully, but I remember watching the uh, Olympic hockey team beat the Russians. And one reason why it was such a tremendous story is because the 
Russian athletes are really professionals. Mm-hmm. Our athletes at that time, especially, were they really are amateurs. Right. So to to I mean, you know, it's like the high school competing against you know the NBA the pros, right. kind of thing. So yeah, they're really outside of our borders. There's a whole nother world of how they operate professionally and anyone at the amateur level that I think we're not always fully cognizant of. So I really appreciate you explaining that. So then, okay, you already always had this little vision of having this show up on QVC. Mm -hmm. You were a spokesperson on QVC. Does that mean that you just pick up the phone and say, hey, I got this thing now? I actually think it might have been a little harder on me, but... um, (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, who's this girl? She, you know, she was like, you know, just a spokesperson, and now she wants to be a vendor. You know, like, so I didn't, I didn't say my lane. <laughs> um, so, but they're they're tough because um, they really believe in quality. Like they they put me through two years of testing, and um, you know, quality is that number one. That's what the Q stands for, and um, you know, quality, value, customer service. That's what it's that's what it stands for, okay. and they really stand behind that. So um, it was tough. And then QVC was going through a lot of changes. I went through five buyers, so I had to go through the process again. In the meantime, you know, shipping laws change or the tariffs change. Like, so my prices, so it, it's, it's very, the business is not easy. Anybody, you have to, I really have gotten a thick skin. I've, I've sat up many nights crying just from nerves, not even fear, just, oh, what do I do with that energy, you know? And, uh, and like I said, my learning curve was huge. So when they tell people, when you see that on Shark Tank and they say license it, you know, you do what you do and find somebody else that does what they do because me doing it, me doing it all together like this, the way I've done it, I will say this about the person that has my personality type and says, no, I want to see this baby all the way through. Now I know how to craft a deal though. So I know okay. what it takes to manufacture this. So if somebody's going to come to me with, maybe not such a great deal, I'll know it. Okay. You know, so it, so there's always a trade-off. Right, right. There's always a trade-off. And so now I really intimately know the business. Yeah. Even things I don't care about, I have to care about. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You have to care about all of it. There's, yeah. There's not, one, there's not one detail that you shouldn't care about. So in that, that two-year test period, what kind of things were they testing? How did you, how did you do that? The reason why it took two years is um, because this is a hybrid product, they treated it like no one's ever seen it before, right? So they know what they're testing with all those springs. And each spring has a weight limit, and then they put them together. And the, the, the test itself is comical. I really thought that somebody was going to jump on it, and they're like, well, what if somebody falls and gets hurt? No. So they throw sandbags at it. It's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> And that's how it was going to be used. You know, okay. when you, when you're the, what makes the B bounder unique is not just those elastic bands is that the way it's designed is you're supposed to put weight on your hands. So when you're pressing down, it takes the pressure off of your knees and your hips. So it's, you're not putting pressure here. You're using, you know, your triceps, your back to push down to go up. So then you have a different type of control. Okay. You're not just like bouncing out of control like you would right. on a trampoline. So, they couldn't test for that. Like, how do you test that? And, that? and then the dynamic changes based on how much weight are you putting on that bar. So I drove them insane, and they drove me insane because they wanted it to be a true test, right? right? So <laughs> they, they came up with these sandbags, and so they took, the, they took the bar out of the equation. 
So the weight limit is, so what they did is there's dynamic testing and static testing, and the, the static test is they put a 300-pound weight in the center of it overnight. So 300-pound okay. person could sit on it and do their homework. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Lay on it, I don't know, after a party. Did you, did you test it with your own clients? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my girls are great. Okay. Like my, my girls are, I don't know what I would do without them. The energy that they give me, that it, they're amazing. So, yeah, so they, um, if you go back to old Facebook pictures, you'll see um, they're, the, the all black uh, B-bounders and even some of the original video, is all, they're all prototypes. I just doctored those babies up to make them look good. And when I would get them back from testing, they look like they've been through hell. And I would, you know, Sharpie marker, paint them black, you know, whatever I needed to do so they could take a picture of it. And, and that's what you have to do. I mean, you just you have to be resourceful. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I got a lot of feedback, you know, because I knew how to do it. I designed it. It's my body. So when I see either someone shorter or taller, someone, someone that has a significant amount of weight to lose or somebody that, you know, or a little gymnast, their, their body dynamic changes. And so in the testing company's defense, and I had two of them, um, they didn't know what to do. So they just treated it like a regular trampoline. Okay. So, so when the weight limit says 250 jumping, that's if you're not using the bar because they had no way of testing the bar. They would have to put a person on it and nobody's going to insure a testing company. <laughs> Hopefully this person will. That's why they use crash dummies, right? Like they're not going to put a <laughs> real person in the car and crash it. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wait, <laughs> you bumped your head. So so anyway, so um, they use these big sandbags and they they pounded it, and it, and I could either t decide to go to failure, but I would have gone broke. So what does it break? Oh, it didn't break at two fifty. Oh, you want to go to two sixty and so forth and okay. so on. So I had to pick, and most most exercise equipment stops at two fifty. Okay. So that's how I came up with the two fifty. But okay. so so if someone with at two hundred fifty pounds use the bar properly, and or maybe two sixty or two seventy five. I'm not insured for that, but they would be fine because their weight is in the rest of that weight and the dynamic is being supported by the bar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about that from, you mentioned insurance. So it, I, I'm, I guess there's a product liability issue, right? That you need to consider as well. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, it is. And, and, okay. and that was another hard path, you know, lawyers and yes. Yeah. I, um, I, <sighs> This is, this is a neat, like you just, you have to really love what you're doing or really believe in what you're doing yeah. because there's so many roadblocks and, or and people forget people saying you can't, people are like, why, why do you want to do this? Like, they don't even say you can't, they know how impossible it is, right you know, and um, you just have to, and I kept saying one more step. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. I might as well. It's an only, what's another thousand right. dollars? What's another $500? And I look back, I go, ah, I just spent 20, wait, I spent $25,000 yeah. and let, you know, like it just, so, um, so yeah, the product liability, attorneys, patent lawyers, copyrights, you know, trademark. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It adds up over time, but of course that's important for you to actually protect it because it has to be so easy, especially I'm thinking in the prototype stage when you don't even know if it's really going to work. Somebody but could I have to tell you something. Patents don't protect you from anything. Really? No. So if you want to steal my idea, I'm going to tell you how to do it. You just change an inch or two one way or the other. Okay. It's a design patent. So if I invented the trampoline, if I've missed Mr. Trampoline right. or if I invented the zipper, you know, that kind of thing. And the patents don't, don't last that long anyway. Right. But it protects you to at least get yourself out in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, 
and the other thing is, is that it took me so long to get on the market. By the time that happened, I had to reapply because I wasn't on the market yet. Like they don't let, they don't let those things just sit. You have to either reapply or you have to get yourself out on the market. Same with the copyright and the trademark. Okay. So, um, it, and then I found out I'm being, I'm, it's being made in China. I'm not even protected in China anyway. So, or any other country other than the U S. So it gives you this false sense of yeah. like, there's a, like when I trademarked my B, there's a lot of people using my little B, but I, that would be a full time job for 10 people to yeah. stay on top of it. Yeah. Cease and desist. I mean, there's billions of people just on Facebook. So I did it to cross my T's and dot my I's, and it looks like I've done my due diligence, but really in the big world, it doesn't really mean that much. I, I, it That's doesn't. frightening. Yeah, it is. That's really frightening. All that I'm, hard work, all that time and money. Uh, I mean, here's, how, here's what I, I say about that. I can only do me, and you can only do you. So me jumping on the B-bounder, I'm B anyway. So if they wanted to call it something else and, and – and presented a different way, I, I had to let that go. I mean, I see my videos for free all the time all over YouTube. I'm thinking, how are they making money on those videos and I'm not? Yes. <laughs> yes. That, I'm going to call them up and say, listen. <laughs> so it, it's the world we live in now. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. So when you were taking pricing into consideration, obviously cost is a big factor, and, and then you've got the whole – development and all these these legal issues how do you finally come up with a price that is going to you know help you be profitable recoup some of that investment cost um, and then... i i guessed it first because okay. somebody gave me some really good advice and said forget what you invested so like let's say year right. three i look back and i go oh my god you'll never get yeah. that back yeah. literally write it off just you put right. it somewhere you yeah. wrote it off you it led you to here just let it and it was really good advice because you, i mean unless i become a billionaire yeah it is good advice yeah um so that that was the first thing qbc if you want to do business with qbc they have margins that they okay that they feel like anything up in like my category fitness right they don't want anything on over 200 dollars. okay I, I think they're wrong but that's their customer. It's their game. It's their ball. It's their rules. Right. Yeah. And I went on air. Um, I think I. I think it was two. We sold it for two twenty five or two twenty nine the first time out. Um, they said it didn't do well, and they wanted to bring it the price down to one ninety nine. So I had, of course, lower my price pet to pay. Oh. Um, however, it's selling on my website for two forty seven, and it's selling at uh, Bayview for two forty seven. So they weren't correct, but it might be their customer that won't right, pay. Right. You know, a sophisticated exerciser is willing to pay. No, I shouldn't say sophisticated. An, an educated somebody that wants the product, yeah. they'll they want it. Yeah, you know and how sees the value. Girls are we? If they want something, we're gonna buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and if we can rationalize the price with the value, then absolutely. There. I don't know if you'll remember this retailer, but. Um, there was a, a clothing store in Cherry Hill. The name was Sims. Do you remember mm -hmm. this? Of course. They had what I think is has always been the world's best tagline. Mm -hmm. An educated consumer is our best customer. I shopped there. 
I did too. And, I worked uh, in fashion. I knew what those things should have cost. I, I yeah. listen, I know. And, and that's just it. That's mm-hmm. their point. An educated consumer is our best customer. And I think that, you know, that, that tagline is priceless because so many of us could say the same thing about our clients. Somebody who is educated and understands the value that I'm offering and I'm presenting, they're going to say that this price is actually a bargain, a good deal for them. So, right. yeah. Right. And, 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 I, and, I, and I tell people all the time, so that what, there's a couple of things that I'm running into where people say, well, how long is this going to last? You know, or how long? And I, and I say to people, look, you have to replace the treadmill after a while. You have to replace the tires on your bike after a while. Honestly, I, I would say a year. A year of use because elastic stretches out. Elastic starts to dry out. Like there's nothing. That's the nature of the, the materials. There's nothing I can do about that. Um, so I have, I have been investigating like how to improve it and, and how to change, especially like I said, in a commercial setting. Um, but um, you, can't, you can't go to a, um, a gym and get cardio for under, I don't know, $500 a year, $600 a year. And you can't even get on the machine you want anyway. (laughs) So so that's why I always encourage people to do some of their working out at home because then you're getting what you really want at the time you want it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And you're right, exercise equipment, there is nothing that is permanent. Everything, you know, the rubber on a BOSU is gonna eventually dry out. Exactly. Anything you name. You're gonna have to buy yeah. An exercise ball starts to lose. You know they right. can't hold the air anymore. Everything. So right. yeah. So that's there's there's some of the things though. As the creator, I'm very sensitive to. But at the same time, um, again, if it was licensed, I wouldn't have to be involved with that. Right. I I would just okay. be involved with the the front of the house. You know, right. how does right. everything look? You know, if I'm going to improve the design, you know, go on TV and all those other things that you know that the manufacturer just they're the numbers people. Right. So. so knowing what you know now, if somebody came to you and said, you know what, I've got this great idea for this product, what would you, what would you tell them? Well, I had a couple really bad things happen recently in the last two weeks. Um, I think that I would do it again. I would not start at QVC. Um, because there's nothing with that, nothing against them. I didn't know that it was such a big deal. And uh, what I mean by that is like their numbers and their expectations are so, 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 so high. It was an, it was such a huge thing to even, I knew it was a huge thing to get there, but the next hurdle was you have to do those numbers or they're dumping you. It's if you're playing survivor. Okay. And I played Survivor this last time, and I lost. And um, it's nothing against the product. Like, it, right. it's all about the numbers. Yeah. And you're playing Survivor. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I left on March 17th. I sold 250 in seven minutes. Wow. I can't do that in a year. <laughs> okay. I felt I left there feeling like somebody just hit me in the face because I knew that other fitness products – sold more and I became the weakest link and it's all about I tried to not make it about luck because I was doing social media and I did funnels and I took emails and I I offered a free workout for people that that you know all these things but the bottom line is are people going to view in 
at that exact moment yeah. for seven minutes and how many are they going to buy? Right. And that's just, that's that world. You know, it's yeah. not, and I'm not slamming it. So I played Survivor. There was four other fitness right. products and mine was the most expensive. Okay. And so you would think that I should have been pushed up more, but they bought less and I tanked. I, I think right. selling 250 was, I was like, I wanted to do a happy dance, but in that world, yeah, the yeah. other, other shopping channels would have done also done a happy dance. So that's what I'm saying. Like I didn't launch properly. Okay. So yes, I would have made the B bounder again. Would I have taken my friend's advice to license? Probably not. Okay. Um, I really am glad I know what I know. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm taken seriously when I go into a business and they say, oh, you're the manufacturer too? They know That, that means they know right. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. There's no messing with me. I might be cute, but I'm also smart. Yeah. So <laughs> I know my stuff. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I definitely would have launched differently. I, I wouldn't have started at QVC. And, and okay. now, I, I, so, so also prepare for the worst because the worst happened and I wasn't prepared. Okay. So um, I'm very resourceful. But the stress is real. That, I, I, don't, I don't say to myself, what's the worst that can happen? I'm a very positive person. Um, but you have to be ready for what's the worst that can happen. And I wasn't. So um, I'm figuring it out. Right. And if I was licensed, I wouldn't be having these issues, right? It would right. be their problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'd all lose. So you play big, you risk big, you make it big, or you lose big. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think that your attitude that that I'm always learning and I'm always modifying and doing that, you know, that alone, priceless. And then also, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't know all that stuff. So just the fact that you can say, as seen on QVC and, exactly. and the Dr. Oz show, you know, all of those things oh, are... pinch me. I, I couldn't even, I wasn't even mentally prepared for, for, you know, Dr. Oz to jump on the trampoline. I, I was like, as soon as we were gotten to production and what would happen was, so I, the highs and lows of this, no, no drug on earth can prepare <laughs> you for the highs. Yeah. And I don't do drugs. I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine maybe coffee. I don't know how many coffees I would have. And then the lows... I mean, just scrape me off the floor, you know. So when the Oz show called me, I I applied for a um, a contest. He was doing the the Doctor Oz's quest for the next big health idea. Okay. So I was they had three finalists, and I was one of them. So we we shot it yesterday, and to see him get on the B bounder, he took his shoes right off. They weren't even finished putting together. It's like Doctor Oz, like they have to put the bar, and he's like, I got this. <laughs> I was like, and then the Barbara Corcoran to come up to me and say, did you apply to my show? And I said, yes, twice. She goes, you tell them that I told you to apply. This is brilliant. So the two days ago, I was sitting on my couch crying my eyes out. And then I have Barbara and Dr. Oz, you know. It, yeah, telling you to keep going. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh, I'm getting goosebumps just listening. That's fantastic. Bernadette, this has just been so fascinating talking to you on for hours. Yeah, let's, thank let's, you. So let's tell everybody where can they go to learn about the B-Bounder and get it. And so the B-Bounder is available on Amazon and on my website. The price is the same. Actually, what Amazon has on a, a sale price right now for $225. It's on my uh, 
website for 247 so you can either do two one or two ways either burn it at georgie.com or bbounder.com it takes you to the same place okay so it's the letter b and then bounder.com great and uh yeah and so um if if they email me if everybody in or your audience emails me after they purchase i'll send them a, another video as as a free gift Outstanding. Just, just to say thank you you know that's what can awesome. I say? This has been a lot of fun. And, you know, and, and that the thing about the two that I want to say is that the B-Bounders mission is, you know, most people really hate cardio. And they don't think it's fun. Like I call the treadmill, the treadmill, the dreadmill. Like it's like, oh, really? Yeah. But we all know we need it, right? Right, right? So, so I want everybody to have that fun spirit. What do kids like to do? They jump on a bed. What, do, what is the longest line in a carnival? The bouncing right? The bouncer. Yeah, yeah. So there's something natural about us that we want to feel buoyant. I don't know if it's our, our want to, to fly or to feel free or to feel like a kid, but you really do feel that way on the B-Bounder. And that's why the girls are losing weight because it's fun. So the girls come to the class and they're like, ah, oh, what do you mean no B-Bounder tonight? You know? So it's, oh, it's Pilates. All right. Net tomorrow night's B-Bounder. So that makes me feel like, okay, they, they get it. Yeah. You know? So the, I, I want people to, when you were, you'll return to it if it's fun. Yeah, and yes. um, and if you leave it out and you, you jump on it for five minutes, cardio is is um, is cumulative. So if you did five minutes in the morning and five minutes right. at night, you got your ten minutes of cardio in, and it may and, and your heart will thank you and your whole body will thank you, especially for women. You know we have to be on our feet. It's weightlifting and weight bearing is different. You need to be on your feet. That's weight bearing, and the B bounder is part of that. You have to be on your feet, and your bone density will be will also thank you. <laughs> we all need that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And we'll have links to all of that oh, good. in the show notes, along with the little note about sending them uh, your receipt, uh, sending you their receipt so they great. can get that video. So thanks again good. very much. Oh, my pleasure. It's been great. I hope you found that interesting and helpful. I thought that was a real education. If you liked this episode, please share it with your connections. Leave a great review for it on the platform where you've consumed it. And be sure to subscribe either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, YouTube. And you can subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel. But when you subscribe at my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll receive episodes emailed to you each week along with information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding and position and pre-sell yourself as the trusted advisor you are so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise. That's otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Of course, don't drink and drive and don't overindulge. Okay, so... Just how hard are you willing to work and how much are you willing to invest to make your dream a reality? Bernadette talked about that, just the sheer number of hours, years it took to get her product on QVC and the costs associated with it, pretty steep. And, and the sacrifices that she made as well, they all factor into those costs. I've worked with people who have said no to every suggestion and option I've given them to market themselves and their business. You know, if you won't get your message out, you won't make connections with potential referral partners, you won't speak, you won't create content like videos or blog posts or write a book or take any other actions to be seen as an authority, you can't be confused about why you don't have clients. No one is going to knock on your door and say, hey, I hear you have a real smarty in there. I got thousands of dollars here laying around. How about if I just give you some? It doesn't happen. 
I think the one thing that we underestimate is just how hard it will be to get clients on a continuous basis. And we overestimate our reputation in our industry. I worked with a husband and wife who, after a year of working together, she finally admitted to me that they had just assumed that when he went out on his own and started the company, that their phone would ring. Well, it didn't. As hard as it can be for you, you have to ask yourself, what are you willing to do to get clients? And if you're not willing to do very much, then you have to accept you're going to struggle. So your action step, I want you to make a list of all the potential things you could do to market your offerings. Just brainstorm it out. I know you hate selling, but if you're trying to sell without marketing, then that's going to be a problem. The origin of the word sell is the word sellin, S-E-L-L-A-N, and that word means to give. No kidding. That's exactly what it means, and that means that that's truly the origin of the word sell. So what you need to do is embrace the four elements of sales, educate, elevate, inspire, and invite. That's all sales is, and and that combines marketing. So you want to figure out how you can share powerful information that helps people understand things like the problem they have, why it hasn't been solved before, why other options haven't helped them, and why other options that are out there now aren't going to help them or have failed for them. In approaching marketing in this way, you elevate yourself when you educate others. So you elevate yourself to the position of trusted authority in their eyes. They pay attention to you and they want to learn more. And it doesn't feel like selling or marketing. It feels like giving. So in sharing information, you really help them to see what the future looks like if they're willing to make a change. And that's really what this is all about. It's here's the path that you offer them to change their life, their business, their whatever. Are they willing to do it or not? Are you going to make it easy for them? Are you going to help them along the way? Then you invite them to take the next step to learn more about working with you. So all you're doing is really helping people to recognize their problem, how to fix it, helping them see what the future could look like, and, hey, I actually work with people to do this. Would you like to learn more? And if they say no, yeah, not that you can't get better at at making, you know, the presentation of your information, but if they say no, often they're really saying no to themselves. They don't believe they deserve the opportunity, the transformation that you offer them. Or they've painted themselves into a corner that they just can't get out of and they can't work with you as much as they would like to. So to me, that's why I feel it's it's my responsibility to share useful information, to help everybody, to help those people who see that I have something that can help them and who are ready to take action, 
and I put out information to help those people who really aren't ready yet, but that it helps them get ready. So what you're really afraid of is not marketing, and it's not sales. You have to admit you're afraid of the pain of rejection. We know that fear is, is really a memory. It comes from the past, and you're projecting it into the future. So you're remembering times when you asked somebody for something and they told you no, or when you put yourself out there and you got rejected. Making sure you're getting your very clear message out helps you attract an audience that really wants to hear what you have to say. That way, you hear no a lot less. And people really do come to you when they recognize you're the expert they need and they're ready to get help, and they're ready to get help now. So, back to your action step. I want you to make a list of all the ways that you could educate your audience and all the things you could educate them about and then reflect again about what's holding you back in putting that information out there. How are you judging yourself? How, what are you resisting? I want you to get started. And if you're already putting stuff out, but it's not getting any kind of traction, then you want to ask yourself why. Is it because, and this is what I'm going to bet it is, is it because the message is just too soft? It's too general. It's not focused. Maybe you're not sharing it enough because it takes time to build an audience. And again, we underestimate just how long it's going to take. Now, if you're an introverted coach, consultant, or freelancer, and you want or are ready to get help on your journey of becoming or being a courageous entrepreneur, maybe you'd like help to get to stay on track, to come out of hiding, stay focused on completing your big projects, and taking your business and you to the next level of success, then consider joining the Courageous Entrepreneur Club. Club is made of groups of no more than 10 people who are solo professionals and entrepreneurs who receive coaching, accountability, and support from me and from each other as they move forward to achieve their goals. Group enrollment happens at specific times during the month, and if you want to learn more, go to winnieanderson.com slash join the club. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.